Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the world of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric aka Gingerino. Thank you guys so much for joining me on another episode as we dive into the history, lore, and game mechanics for Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 as we gear up for the release of Avowed, which we know is going to be at least a year away. For those of you wondering why we're pairing Pillars of Eternity with Avowed, it's because they share the same fantasy setting of Aeora. If we dive into the Pillars of Eternity games, we can glean insights to wonder and speculate about what Avowed might be like, what the story might be like, what the characters or the setting might be like. So that's why we're diving into those games as well. It's just an opportunity for those of us who are huge geeks about the Pillars of Eternity games and the world of Aeora to get together and talk about this kind of stuff. I like to start off an episode with news if there is anything. And as many of you can guess, if you are new to the show, first off, welcome to the show. Happy you're here. Love to talk about this stuff. And it's awesome to have you with us. Um, There's not usually a lot of news to go about. Uh, Avowed is a game that is currently under development and and Obsidian are pretty tight-lipped about what's going on with Avowed, understandably so. And Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 are both done games, the DLCs are out, all the updates are done, so there's not really a lot of news to go about. The one piece of news that people were hoping for this week is that during the not E3 games showcase week that all of us would have gone through in the past week, we were hoping for something about Avowed to show up, but unfortunately we didn't see anything. The big thing that everyone was looking for was on June 12th, Uh, the Xbox Bethesda Games Showcase, people were hoping that we would see a trailer for Avowed, perhaps something gameplay-wise or an update on what's going on. But alas, we saw nothing. We did see, however, something really awesome from Obsidian. Uh, Two great things, actually. The first being a game called Pentiment, which is a game made by a small team over at Obsidian with uh, Josh Sawyer as the the game's designer. Josh Sawyer, for those of you familiar, um, he was actually the project director and lead designer for Pillars of Eternity and uh, game director for Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. So he's a huge influence for the games that we're talking about here today. Interestingly enough, he's not involved with Avowed. I've heard it's because a lot of the developers have got burnout from the whole Pillars of Eternity uh, developments that they had. So a lot of those developers aren't on Avowed as well. But I trust that if Josh Sawyer is okay with these people working on Avowed, with him having poured so much of himself into it that obviously he knows it's in good hands as well. And, you know, Obsidian's always steered us right, at least in my opinion, so I tend to I'm going to lean on the side of optimism here. Uh, but getting back to the game of Pentiment, Pentiment is this game set in 16th century Upper Bavaria, and you're playing this one character who is gets himself involved in a bunch of murder mysteries, I'm told. It's led by Josh Sawyer, already mentioned, and the art director is Hannah Kennedy. Now, for those of you who watched the game's showcase, you might have actually been, like myself, taken aback by the art style at first. And I think that's because I was hearing a lot of comparisons from Pentiment to games like Disco Elysium or other isometric style games. And also when you think Josh Sawyer, you think Icewind Dale and stuff like that, right? So immediately I had a picture in my head of what the visuals were going to look like for Pentiment. And then when you see it, it's actually strikingly different. Uh, the art style of the game is actually a little bit more like um, a medieval painted art style. It's almost like uh, vivid, colorful medieval paintings, but you're actually moving around within them. That's that's the style and the aesthetic. And at first I was like, oh, I didn't like it. 
And I think, again, that's because I had an expectation of what it was going to be. But, you know, because I really love Obsidian and I love the work that Josh does and I watch the trailer over and over and over again trying to see what little details I could get from it, I, I, I think more and more... I am going to really enjoy Pentiment. But, you know, this is not a podcast for Pentiment, so maybe we can talk about that later. I'm looking forward to that as well. Grounded is getting its full official release. So that is Grounded 1.0, finally getting fully released in September. Those are two Obsidian-related news, and those are the two games coming out. And unfortunately, we didn't see anything for Avowed. Now, that doesn't mean we didn't learn anything about Avowed. The Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase were featuring games that were coming out within the next 12 months. So what we can say for sure with Avowed not being in the showcase is that it is not going to be released within the next year. So we're not going to see Avowed for at least a year, which I don't think a lot of us are surprised about. Uh, I know a few of us may be. However, that's, that's just where we are. And you know what? I'm, I'm okay with them taking the obviously the, the amount of time that they need to take it. There's a lot of rumors going around about personnel changes and directors being switched around and it's all hearsay so i'm not really going to get into it too much i think if we've learned anything from these um all these leaks and rumors about what is and what is not going to be at these showcases etc etc it's that people don't necessarily know what they're talking about there was a lot of highly reputable sources of information that says yeah avowed is going to be at the showcase and it wasn't you know and that's nothing against them right like the they might have had information that just got updated or changed or something like that. But, you know, all this, we don't know what's going on. We don't know the state of the games. I trust Obsidian to handle it. I know about is a big enough project that that's not something they want to just abandon. So I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, that's the closest thing that we got to some news. In today's episode, I wanted to take a step aside and talk about Watchers for a couple of reasons. One, I was... Uh, telling some friends about what a Watcher is in the world of Aora because I'm trying to sell them on Aora as a fantasy setting for a D&D game. And I thought it was, it was a really fun conversation. And I'm sitting there trying to talk to them about what a Watcher is in the game of Pillars of Eternity and what it could be in Avowed. And I've also gotten in conversations with people online about whether or not the player character in Avowed will be a Watcher or if we would want the player character in Avowed to be a Watcher. And I think it's really relevant, actually, for us to sit down and talk about Watchers as its own topic. Watchers play a major pivotal role in the overarching narrative for Pillars of Eternity and the world of Aora at large because they are such a significant individual in their time and space and history because they have an innate power that a lot of people don't have access to and the science of animancy heavily relies on Watchers. They are major influencers of their time and so it's an important aspect to sit back and look at it and then we'll ask the question, do we want our character in Avowed to be a Watcher? That's everything we got for the intro. Thanks guys for hanging in there. Let's dive into today's lore. I'm curious, what exactly did you find there? So Watchers, what is a Watcher? According to the Pillars of Eternity fandom article, which is really short for Watchers, it's described as following. A Watcher is an exceptionally gifted individual, capable of perceiving the souls of other people and interacting with them, both as a passive observer, thus the name, and as an active participant, affecting their own essence. Essence is the stuff that your soul is made of. Animancers, which are people that study essence, the stuff that the soul is made of, studied folk legends about figures called Watchers who reportedly were able to see lost souls and perceive an individual's ancestral lives, but most claimants that title were charlatans at best or mentally unstable and violent at worst. That's the short description on the fandom article of what it is. And a watcher is someone who is essentially able to perceive and interact with souls, to perceive and interact with essence. 
Um, they're heavily involved in animancy, the study of essence, because they can perceive this stuff. They can perceive the things that scientists are trying to work with. Uh, so it would be like if you were in a science laboratory and you were trying to work with something that was otherwise invisible, but for whatever reason, this person could see. They'd be really, really useful to have for their observations and the note-taking and letting the scientists know what's actually going on. It's just like how we use instrumentation in scientific study to measure things that we can't perceive, you know, like radio signals or UV rays or stuff like that. The way that I like to describe a watcher is that a watcher is innately able to interact with essence, which I know is what the uh, article just mentioned. But the way I like to think of it is, is like, yeah, you know, you know how we all have eyes and your eyes process visual information that is, you know, electromagnetic frequencies that hit your retinas and your eyes are able to process that into something that your brain understands. Your ears are able to take the waves that are in the air and turn that into what we know as sound, you know, and the tongue is able to like lick something, take the chemicals off that, and it's like able to transfer this stuff into data that you understand, and those are the senses that you have. And a watcher, as far as I can understand it, is someone who has got this innate ability to sense kind of the ethereal and the spiritual realm of things. It's like it has some sort of you know, sixth appendage or sixth sense, and they're able to perceive these things. And that's probably why it's so mysterious to be able to explain to people what it's like being a watcher or for people to understand how watchers work in the world of Aora. Because how would you describe to someone what it's like to visually see something? How would you describe to someone how you can understand visual information and data unless they themselves can see, right? So the only way you can really describe watchers in this way is that they can perceive something about the spiritual that others cannot. And that's that's kind of the way my brain thinks about it to make sense of like what they can do. For a bit more of an expanded definition of Watchers, I'm going to go to the Pillars of Eternity Collector's Book, page 28, under the heading Souls and Reincarnation. And you got to go a little bit through to get to it, but there's a huge section on Watchers and there's a lot of lore that we can pull out as a result. There also exist certain unique individuals typically referred to as Watchers who, either through freak accidents or the proddings of animancy, are able to remember the way they perceived the world just before passing beyond the Shroud. And that's capital S Shroud. They can see and detect wayward souls in the world, and in some cases, commune with them. So this first little bit here, what it basically says is that Watchers are the result of something happening. So Watchers do have an innate sense of the ethereal, but it is not necessarily something that people are born with. It seems that most people who are watchers end up becoming watchers through some other means, either freak accidents or the proddings of animancy. So this isn't something that you're naturally born with. It's something that happens to you as the re result of something else. Whether it's a good or bad thing, we have yet to see. And it's described here in the official lore as they remember the way they perceive the world just before passing beyond the shroud. What that means is, is essentially the moment after they died and their souls were not yet passed on what they saw in the world. So here's how souls and reincarnation work in the world of Aora. A person dies and the soul detaches from the physical body. The soul then is wandering around the physical plane and eventually, through some means, usually Adra, they pass to what's called the capital B Beyond essentially the the underworld if you want to call it that that's not really a, a good way of putting it but if that's what you need that's what you need so essentially you go to the underworld but before that before they pass through the capital s shroud between the living and the dead they are kind of in this state where they're still in the 
the regular world, but they see the world differently, right? It's not filled with vivid color and the thing because you're not alive. Everything is different when you're just a disembodied soul. And watchers are able to remember what the world looks like in that moment of time, but they're still alive. So watchers are able to both see the world through the eyes and experience of a living person, but they're also able to remember how to see it through the eyes of how their soul has died in the past. So they're able to kind of perceive both of these states of being at the same time. Watchers possess the mental fortitude to access the soul memory of others, extending sometimes several lives into the past, and often either lend assistance in crises of the self or use such crises to their own advantage. So watchers are able to not only see the immediate environment around them in both this kind of living and dead state, but they're also able to look into um, past lives or the soul memory of others. So every other person walking around has a soul attached to them, and it makes sense that the watcher would be able to perceive that soul because he can see both living and dead states. But their innate ability doesn't extend to just being able to see that, but they actually also have the ability to, in a sense, reach out as it were, and touch the soul to peer into the memory of the soul itself. Because all of these souls are going through cycles of reincarnation, which means the soul that this person has has lived in a body before that, and lived in a body before that, and lived in a body before that, so on and so forth, as far as people can remember. So the Watcher is actually able to peer into the soul and look at the memories of the past lives of these individuals, which I'm sure, as you can imagine, uh, leads to a lot of interesting implications throughout the world. One example comes to mind is the Knights of the Crucible faction that you run into during Pillars of Eternity 1. The Knights of a Crucible are so obsessed with purity for the people that are in their ranks that they actually hire people to look back into the previous lives of applicants to their rankings to see if they have a pure bloodline or a pure soul line, I guess you could say, where they were good in previous lives as well as the one they're currently in, right? So you can look into people's past lives to kind of get dirt on them or to see if they're good enough. You can also try to expound history. I imagine a historian at this time would really value having a watcher around to be able to look into past lives of people. This is what watchers can do. They can perceive soul memory in the past. They can also unlock latent personalities and interpret the seemingly indecipherable meaning of visions glimpsed from beyond. That's capital B beyond. Lost souls who otherwise navigate the world in blindness see watchers as beacons of light and hope. Among watchers, it is common for souls to trail in their wake like an ethereal caravan. So that first part, the, they can unlock latent personalities and interpret the seemingly indecipherable meaning of visions, glimpsed from the beyond. Uh, basically, you, you're sitting here, you're listening to this. If you're in the world of Eora, you have your body, and inside your body or part of your body, you have a soul. But that soul has existed in a body beforehand. But that person was a different person than you, Right. Like we can, we can, uh, we can say that like, that person in the past is different than you now in the present, even though you had the same soul, they just had it before you, but you're two different people. And so as a result, your soul kind of still has that personality from back then, but they just don't remember it. Well, a watcher, they can see the immediate vicinity around them, both living and dead. They can reach out and see the soul memory of souls that people have. So they can look in the past lives, but it also seems like they can actually trigger and unlock personalities that are within the souls so they can not only see these past lives but they can in a sense unlock them from the memory and bring that personality back to the forefront you know seemingly so that they could actually talk with that person again and they're also able uh, watchers to decipher 
meaning from visions glimpsed from the beyond. And I imagine this just comes from them being able to see both living and dead states at the same time, that they just understand things a little more. They would understand the metaphor. They would understand things a little more. These watchers, they can see almost into the beyond. So they would be the people to ask about things like that because they have a better perception of those particular things. Now, this thing about lost souls following watchers, I think is really important for how souls reincarnate in the world. So when you're a soul and you are disembodied from your body, which, you know, you, so you've died and now your soul's just walking around, it, it's almost like the world is like a, you know, I like to picture it as everything's covered in a gray mist. There's no color, there's no smell, it's just, you're just sort of wandering in this ethereal mist and everything is muted. But there are a couple things that really stand out. First thing that would stand out to you as a disembodied soul is you would see these pillars of Audra. And Audra is this kind of jade or emerald crystalline substance. They jut out of the ground in massive pillars. And these things would be bright to you as a disembodied soul. And that's because these things conduct essence. They conduct essence just like copper wire conducts electricity. So your soul can pass through and into Audra pillars. And it's actually, it, it's theorized to play an important role in reincarnation in this world because it's through Audra, it is the conduit to being able to get to the underworld, as it were. Essentially, your soul would go into the Audra, and then it would travel to the beyond, right? So obviously, something like that would be very bright to you, and that's where souls would congregate towards so that they could pass on. But another thing that is bright to you is watchers. Watchers, for whatever reason, are just as bright as these Audra pillars. And so as a result, a lot of wayward souls that are just wandering the mundane world, they will follow watchers as if they, as if they are beacons of light. And if you could perceive the souls around the watchers, you would just see them following a watcher everywhere they go. Awakening is a frequent hazard among watchers. And that's uh, capital A, awakening. An awakening is what happens when one of your past lives kind of unlock and all of a sudden you can remember things. I don't know necessarily if you remember them as vivid memories like you and I recall memories right now or if it's more the remembering of the personality. It's almost like the personality bubbles to the forefront of your neocortex or whatever. So essentially you're having a clash of personalities. So when you have an awakening that means past personalities are now coming back to your mind and you might find yourself all of a sudden behaving in a different way and you'd be behaving in ways that you were acting before you thought you were in the right mind you thought you were acting your normal self but actually it was a previous personality coming back because you're starting to now remember your past lives so an awakening is something that happens to you where you can remember those things and being a watcher it's a hazard obviously that your soul can become awakened it's very frequent that it will happen to a person who is a watcher because of their attunement to the ethereal realm deep and vivid consciousness of their own souls is often inadvertently triggered and it's not uncommon for the Watcher to project such powerful visions into the real world as visible manifestations. Now, that's pretty cool. I, didn't rem I uh, did not know that. I didn't remember that. Where uh, a Watcher, they can have such powerful visions that they are actually able to cause those visions to become visible to other people around. This does make sense in the lore, because if there is ethereal energy all around, this essence that's just floating around in the air around us, and a Watcher is able to you know, interact with that essence, if they were having such a powerful emotional vision in the moment, in a sense, it would almost be like a reflex where the watcher would conform the essence and souls around them to make manifest visibly this vision that they are having. So it does make sense that that could happen. As a consequence, elaborate delusions have been known to coalesce and drive watchers to madhouses or even early graves. 
It's actually one of the main thrusts of the first Pillars of Eternity game that you, the main character of the game, as a watcher, are going to go insane because all of your past lies are bubbling to the forefront of your mind and you are trying to find a way to stop this from happening. Otherwise, you're just going to go you're going to go bonkers. And it's just because like you can't have all these personalities at the forefront of your mind. You'll never know, am I me right now or am I someone in my past? Like, what's going on? Am I even thinking right now? Like, what's happening? It's just, you can't. You can't do it, you know? And so that is the more lengthy description of what a Watcher is in the world of Aeora. Now, I don't want to cut the episode short right here, but that was a long uh, bit of lore to go through about what a Watcher is. And as we can see, Watchers are very important in this world because souls and how they interact with each other and how the science of animancy is important to societies and culture and understanding the past lives and how reincarnation works is very important for the narratives within the world of Aeora, not just in the games we're playing, but for the history that Obsidian has made for it. So Watchers play a significant role in these narratives that we see within this world. One of the most significant ones, as we've already mentioned, is that they play a significant role in animancy studies, right? So if you are an animancer and you're studying the soul, you're studying this essence, the stuff that souls are made of, you want to have a resident Watcher on staff who can come by, watch these experiments, and tell you what they saw so that you can write down objective information about what you're experimenting on. You need to have data from your experiments so that you can progress through the science of animancy. So you need to have a watcher on staff. But interestingly enough, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire introduces something a little bit new to the science of animancy, and that's something called Luminous Audra. Luminous Audra is, as it sounds, like regular Audra, but a lot brighter. And apparently it also has the capacity to house more souls and they're more conductive and they are far just more, it's, it's a far better resource and tool to use in animancy experiments. Theoretically, using Luminous Audra, you're actually able to produce results in an animancy lab. And I don't know if you call it a lab or whatever you would call it, uh, but you don't necessarily need to have a watcher. You can actually use Luminous Audra and normal people can actually see the results. Here's what it says in the Pillars of Eternity 2 guidebook. Common understanding held that only watchers, those who could peer through the veil of existence, could perceive the energy of a soul. Luminous Audra permitted common kith a glimpse of the forces normally beyond their perception. So this is just an important history for watchers where, you know, they have been necessary for the science and study of animancy and of the soul throughout history. But now we're getting to a point in Pillars of Eternity 2 that watchers are not necessary as much as they were before. Like it's still, unless you're able to get your hands on this Luminous Audra to use in your experimentation, you still do need to have a watcher on staff if you're going to perform animancy. But as Luminous Audra becomes more frequent in trade and people are able to get their hands on it reliably, watchers are going to be less and less necessary. And so I wonder what are watchers going to do in the meantime? They'll still probably work in animancy because they're very useful to have and um, it, it, you know, maybe they can see more. Like we don't, you don't know because you can't see. You don't know if Luminous Audra produces results that you can see as much as a Watcher or just close to. Now, before we change gears a little bit and jump into the main character of Avowed being a Watcher or Watchers in Avowed, take a small sidestep and take a look at different Watcher talents that we see in Pillars of Eternity One, and this just sort of shows you the gamey aspect of what Watchers can do. And you get these uh, abilities as playing through the critical path in Pillars of Eternity 1. First is called Crucible of the Soul, Visions and Whispers. 
What this allows the Watcher to do is unravel the vital essence of his or her enemies, gaining endurance in the process. So he's essentially able to siphon off energy from the souls of people around him and get that energy back so that he can continue fighting. Endurance in the game of Pillars of Eternity, is it's not like HP, but it's tied to it. Uh, if you run out of endurance, then you cannot fight. If you run out of HP, you die. So the, a Watcher is able to extract this essence from people around to kind of bolster his own energy. Speaker to the Restless. A watcher is able to speak directly to the souls of his or her enemies, filling them with dread of what awaits them in the wheel. So instead of just talking to the body and that goes to the mind, which then would you know also be observed by the soul, a Watcher can sort of just talk directly to the soul, which is the seat of personality, consciousness, and morality, all this kind of stuff. And so by speaking directly to that, you are speaking directly to the personality and consciousness of this person. And depending on what you do to the soul by talking to them, whether you freak them out or not, is going to determine what that person acts like. Dominion of the Sleepers. A watcher peers into the sleeping memories of previous lives, drawing upon their power to enhance all of his or her attributes. And so this has to do with a watcher looking into a soul's past lives and using the emotion and energy from that past life and that from that experience to bolster themselves to make their attributes stronger. Steps to the Wheel The Watcher gives his or her foes a glimpse into the afterlife by displacing their souls, momentarily paralyzing them and leaving them sickened. It sounds like a Watcher could give you a very small amount of time where you experience death, but you're also alive. The, the idea that your soul has now left your body you have died but your your body's still alive and then your soul comes back so you essentially for a moment experience the afterlife but also being alive at the same time you get to experience what it's like to die in a sense and of course that would leave you paralyzed and a bit sickened so these are just four in-game traits that watchers have and i bring this up a to you know expound the lore of like what watchers can do in game but also b to to say like when you sit down you know, at a table of creative individuals like you might at Obsidian and say, okay, we've determined that watchers can do X, Y, and Z, but what does that imply? What can they actually do in the world? And like, these are four examples of things they can do, okay? Well, they can extract essence from other people so they can become stronger. They can look into the past lives and bolster their own attributes. They can speak directly to the personality of a person and mess with them that way. They can make them experience death for half a second, you know? like, And I wonder, what other things could a watcher do? And I'm curious to know, what are some thoughts that you have? What are some unique talents that you think a watcher could have? Email me, worldofaora at gmail.com. I want to know what kind of uh, things do you think a watcher could do with this ability to not only perceive, you know, living in dead states, to perceive the essence and souls around them, but to also interact with them and peer into past lives and extract essence, all of this stuff. What are some ideas that come to mind for you? And on that note, that makes me uh, want to ask now, will we be a watcher in a vowed? For the game of Avowed, will we be a Watcher, or will there be Watchers in Avowed? Almost certainly there will be Watchers in Avowed. They play such a huge part in the lore, and they are so cool. I feel like it, it you can't have the game of Avowed without there being some mention of a Watcher anyways. I, I, just, it's, it's, such a, it's such an interesting part of the world to expound. It would almost certainly hook players in who are not familiar with it. And I think that it would be a very big missed opportunity to not include watchers in avowed in some way shape or form even just mentioned in the lore in some way going on to uh, the avowed subreddit a few months ago someone by the name of runner red 5555 
posted the question, will we be a watcher? And they talk about like in POE one and two, Pillars of Eternity one and two, it was a staple of the main character to be a watcher. And they're wondering whether or not we will be one and avowed. And a lot of people piped up answering this question. Starch12313 says, no idea, but it depends on the story, which is obvious. But in the case of Pillars 1 and 2, the concept of souls played a major part of the narrative. If Avowed doesn't have as much attachment to souls, then this allows the devs to create a story where you aren't a watcher. And this brings up a good point. If Avowed is not focused so much on the narrative of souls and soul mechanics and the wheel and reincarnation, then do you need to have a watcher? If your character is a watcher, that might detract from the narrative you're wanting to bring out. If the point of Avowed is a story about a person who is adherent to say a religion and then they found that the religion that they were part of was doing things that they are against and they're trying to wrestle with this personal identity of am i part of this am i not a part of this do i join or do i fight against them does making your character a watcher take away from that narrative that's an important question to ask when you're trying to deliver something like that right so there's a good point there matty yellow says as far as i know no information has been stated about who or what the player character will be but i strongly suspect we will be a watcher there is a general tendency in rpgs for the player character to be special in some way and this was the case in poe 1 tyranny and the outer worlds he personally likes the idea of starting out with the player character thinking themselves as normal then having an awakening like in pills of eternity or something or like in morrowind where you are thrust in the role of a hero and discover your special nature as the main plot advance advances uh, what Maddie is describing here is actually the hero's journey. It's an important part of the hero's journey, which is a normal narrative that we see all the time, especially in fantasy. But it's it's used everywhere. Harry Potter follows the hero's journey. The Hunger Games follows the hero's journey. Most stories follows the hero's journey. And it's this idea that you were normal and then you become special by some way, shape, or means in the world that you're in. That's a big part of it. And I, I do also like that idea of you being normal for a while and then becoming a watcher. That way you can kind of have an experience of both sides and you can see the world and what it was like before you be, and then you become a watcher and now all of a sudden the setting and the world takes on a different um there are new opportunities for you and he brings up a good point as well that you do want your character to feel special in some way you know you want your the character that you give the players to be to feel unique and special and powerful and making them a watcher is a way of doing that and it is a way of setting your character apart and that, that's an important question to ask about, like, what do they want the character, what do they want the player to feel like when they get into this game? One user whose now, name is now deleted says that they hope not, which is in reference to the character being a watcher. It would be nice to meet some watcher characters, but I'd like the plot to go in some other direction. And I have seen a lot of people saying the same thing, that like, oh yeah, the watchers are cool and all that, but I don't want my character in about to be a watcher. I want to be some normal dude who has to, like, fight his way to the top kind of thing, you know, or, like, become a hero through normal means. A lot of people are wanting that. And I can see the attraction to that, right? Like, we've all heard the hero's journey story over and over again. You know, like, you are some super special, amazing person. You are a watcher. Like, you can do all these amazing things. But, you know, I think some people, there they are pining for um, uh, some origins where it's a little more humble, right? But, you know, honestly, in the hero's journey narratives, that's also part of it, too, where you start off possibly even weaker than everyone else, but then you become strong. You know, it's that power journey that people do like and there's something to be said about like this whoever this user was um meeting other characters imagine you're a normal character in avowed but the main bad guy is a watcher imagine how foreboding of a villain that would be 
I love good villains in stories. They can be so compelling. They can make the story drive forward. They make me want to see what happens. What's this person's end game? And if you're a normal person in Aora and you're fighting up against the main antagonist who is a watcher, it would just it would be crazy to see what they are capable of and you are not. And how are you going to overcome that? For myself, whether I hope we're going to be a watcher or not, it's hard for me to say. On the one hand, I like the idea of us not being a watcher and then us gaining this regular magical abilities like a normal kith person in this world. Uh, I do like that approach of humble beginnings and then maybe becoming a watcher later on. Uh, but one reason that I don't think I can actually say I hope we don't become a watcher at any point in the game is because when I sit down and I think about the absolute bonkers, cool things that you can do as a watcher... I know if I was playing about and I saw another character do something on the level of a watcher, I would want my character to be able to do some of that stuff. I would want to be able to see some of those. I do want there to be mystery and intrigue. So I think it would be would be good personally if I was writing the narrative. I'm not a professional, but this is just what I'm expounding is if for part of the story you weren't a watcher and then all of this stuff was a mystery to you. And then at some point in the story, you did become a watcher. I think it would change the narrative before, especially if you're going through a second playthrough. All of a sudden, things might make sense. You might understand, oh, I get why that happens now. I understand what that what that encounter was beforehand. So I think that might be useful because I, I, do, I like the idea of us not being a watcher for part of it so we can see the world from these humble beginnings and these kind of mundane means. But I also don't want Obsidian to pass up on making your character powerful and you having fun with having these super cool traits you can have like okay imagine this imagine in avowed if you had the ability to like transfer your soul into another person's soul and like in a sense almost possess them to take control of them for half for a second you know like even if it was just five seconds imagine you could do something like that like that would be such that would be cool i would love to have that ability in the game and you can't have that ability in the game unless you're a person who can do something like that you can make an argument that certain classes could pull it off so we're not going to dive into that today but a watcher would definitely be able to do something like that so I don't know. I can't say no because I want to do some of these cool things, but I definitely want there to be um, a contrast within the story itself. But yeah, with that all said, I think that's going to do it for today. We've covered what a Watcher is and how we see Watchers in Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2, and we speculated about whether or not we could see Watchers in Avowed, which I think we will, and whether or not mainly if our character will be a Watcher. And I'm interested to hear what you guys say. I still want you to answer the first question about, like, what are some cool Watcher traits and talents and uh, tricks and magical stuff that you think they could do based on the lore? But I'm also interested to hear what you have to say about Watchers in Avowed. Do you want to see an other NPCs with as a watcher? Do you want to see the antagonist as a watcher? Do you want to see your main character as a watcher, either throughout the whole game or at some point? Do you want to have the option to decline being a watcher in the game for something else? You know, let me know. You can email me, worldofaora at gmail.com. I love having these kind of conversations with people. And of course, if with your permission, I'll also talk about it on the show as well, because I like actually expounding some of this stuff and getting the word out there of what people think. Also, if you like today's show or you didn't like today's show, then, you know, send me an email as well, worldofaora.gmail.com. As well, if you just want to ask a question or if you have ideas for other topics or if you have an idea for the show itself that you want to be a part of, let me know. I, I, I want this to be a collaborative effort. I love doing this stuff. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, at World of Aora. I mostly only post on Twitter when new episodes are out, but obviously if any monumental avowed news comes up, I'll post it on there as well. If I ever start getting into other forms of content creation like Let's Plays or, or Twitch, 
if those happen, who knows, then I'll post them there. I haven't posted any pictures of my baby yet. I'm trying not to do, be one of those people. Um, so <laughs> don't worry about that too much. That's going to cover it for today. Thanks, everybody, for joining me on this episode where we took a look at Watchers, one of the most notable characters that you can run into in the world of Aeora who are able to perceive the ethereal, in short. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. I'm your host, Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino, and I'll see you guys next time.